This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, hey Marge, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Running a growing business means getting the insights you need wherever you are. With Shopify's single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ifanboy, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ifanboy now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ifanboy. This is iFanboy Media Explode, episode 11, Cobra Kai. Try to be best because you're only a man and a man's got to learn to take it. Try to believe, though the going gets rough, that you gotta hang tough to make it. History repeats itself, trying you'll succeed. Never doubt that you're the one, and you can have your dreams. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. Hello, welcome to fanboy Media Explode. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello, Connor. And Josh Flanagan. Hello. I don't even know what episode number it is, but who cares? Six? Eight? Twelve? I have no idea. Eighteen? I have no concept at all. We are a fanboy, and everyone can talk about the best comics of the week, but sometimes, according to the patrons over patreon.com slash ifanboy, who unlocked the show, we talk about media outside of the comic book world. We've been doing that for the last year, and it's been fun. We're excited to talk about media this week. And of course, for everything we talk about, there'll be spoilers, so this is your blanket spoiler warning. If you've seen the, the show notes, look for what you're, you don't want to spoil about, because we can't not talk about it. We'd like to start the show off with what we've been enjoying since the last time we talked. What was the media? It could be anything, any kind of media we've been enjoying since the last time. Before we get to our main topic, Ron, why don't you start us off? What have you been ta- sure. enjoying since the last show? Well, I feel like last time I was like, I, I, I didn't have much to share here because it was the holidays. I was moving right. and all this sort of stuff. We didn't watch a lot of stuff. Now, now you like, have a TV. Now, now I have a TV. I do. I do have a. I knew I have a, a new beautiful TV and just like a bevy of streaming services to choose from. Mm-hmm. We've been watching actually a lot of stuff. I'll give you know like we dipped our toes into that uh, docu series hosted by Nick Cage on Netflix, the the history of swearing. What? Which was which was fun. Which is a little half hour show about the origin of of uh, I don't know if it's a history. So I forget the name of it. Each episode is dedicated to a curse, and it's the it's the etymology of shit and fuck and blah blah blah. It's, it's amusing. But it was fine, whatever. But that's not what I'm talking about. Started watching Bridge and Tunnel, uh, uh, Edward Burns' uh, show on Epics. But that season isn't done yet, so I'll talk about that when the season is complete. We started watching the Into the Unknown, the making of Frozen Two, because my kids are watching Frozen all the time. And so, are you a Let It Go house? The kids are. I, I, I am not. But the kids well, you're are. in the house. Um, yeah, I guess I am. You know the lyrics now. 
I, I know the lyrics. I know as as do I, my friend. I, I will give the making of special that's on Disney Plus, Into the Unknown, the making of Frozen 2. We're two episodes in, and it is actually really good. It's actually they, they, it, it is actually really good because if you've seen Frozen 2, there's a major flaw with that film, and it's fascinating to see them in the making of it wrestling with that flaw a year and a half before the movie came out and be like, oh, they never solved that. So <laughs> I just I find that amusing. But uh, the thing I'm here to, to talk about, which I know, Josh, you, you watched as well, but paid my 15 bucks and watched the streaming private concert of Jimmy Eat World performing the album Clarity, mm-hmm. uh, which was probably the highlight of my streaming experience since we last spoke in the last month, which it was just great to see like such a well done musical performance um, a of a band that I'm a big fan of, of we an album that. that I, yeah, of an album that I love, which is the, you know, their best album. And, and honestly, like a, I mean, my friend Tom, who does washed up emo podcast, he, he actually was on the pre-show of the live stream. They had a bunch of people talking about the band and he described clarity as the Paul's boutique of emo, which I think is apt, which is that's you good. Know, that's, I like yeah. that. That's really good. They had the setup at a space in Phoenix, and they had the band set up kind of like in a semicircle. It wasn't like trying to replicate a stage show performance or anything like that. They had lighting, and it was, you know, a little, you know, like the the TV production, like different angles and fades and things like that. But it never felt like a music video, which is, I feel like, a trapping that a lot of other bands that have been doing this live stream stuff have fallen into. Where, you know, where I know the Get Up Kids and um, Dashboard Confessional did live streams around the same time as Jimmy as Jimmy World did, and theirs were like totally overproduced and music video y. Whereas Jimmy World's was elegant, was the right amount of production, and honestly, I think it sounded better than the it's, album. Like it, it sounded, sounded great. Sounded great. It like so, the the drum sound was amazing. Like yeah. it, it felt like being at a show in a way where like you really felt the kick drum and everything in a way. And I got and I made sure to watch it like on the home theater system yeah. like during the day when I could hear it. You're totally right. It did sound good. My I think my only criticism is like the camera was moving around a ton, and I wanted more wide shots so that yeah. I felt like I was at a show a little more, so you could sort of see them interacting or looking or whatever. As if it was always close up on somebody, yeah. you know. That said, it was great. I, I really had a ton of fun. Lindsay and I watched it together. You know, I think I had more fun watching this than the last time I saw Jimmy Eat World. Well, so. it's funny because the last time I saw them was in 2008 doing the 10-year anniversary right. of Clarity. And here we are 13 years later. <laughs> but no, it was, it, was just, it was the right amount of that kind of entertainment that I needed at the time, too. Yeah. Like personally, it was good. So, um, I yeah, still- it, was, it was great. The only other one like that I watched is I watched some of the Bad Religion Decade shows where basically they did a show in oh some club in L.A. I forget which one. That was a little more raw. Yeah. Like they had moving cameras and everything, but it was a little looser. Like, you know, they would talk to each other and laugh, you know, and have fun in between sets. And there, there was just not a lot of that. But I think that's actually just how Jimmy Eat World is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of banter or anything like that. I did like the slightly more raw version of some of the other shows, but also it's just a different type of band. Yeah, I watched uh, right around the new year, the band Thursday did this and I only, I, I bought that because they had Walter Schreifels come on at the end and Norm from Texas is a reason um, oh, wow. to do stuff. And that was okay. It was fine, but it was still like the production was, was like low key, but they were also trying to make it like a music video and it was just, it didn't, I didn't love it. I don't know if it was mm-hmm. worth the money that I spent on it, but you know, anytime to see Walter and Norm play is always worth it. 
with this one, it was like, it was 15 bucks and they had all these different kind of, you know, because it was called the Phoenix Sessions. Right. They had three shows where they played three different albums and Clarity was the last one. And I really hope they do more of it because I want them to do their first record because I do love that record. What is everyone's favorite album? Of Jimmy Eat World? Yeah. Clarity. Um, Clarity. Yeah, Clarity. Clarity's your favorite? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I really only I know Clarity the best, and I know Bleed American pretty well. I've listened to that first one a few times, but I don't. Static Reveals is so good. No, and I get that, but then after that, none of them have hooked me. Yeah, Bleed America is my favorite one. That's good. That's more poppy. More poppy. The first five songs on that are just a fucking freight train. Yeah. I just got on vinyl recently, and I love the whole album. I mean, yeah. Clarity is great, too. I but celebrate I just, their whole Clarity I, I mean, there's, the there's a reason why that's the album that broke them. Like, yeah, it's, that, a great, that, it's a great that, pop that a emo album. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so I don't know if they're going to release it on VOD or if you can watch it. You know, if you, It's kind of thing where like you could watch it live, and then you could watch, the, you watch it within the 72 hours, and then it goes away because they're trying to like create the concert experience. But if they do it again... Which knock on wood they do. I hope they do, and you can see some of the, you know, d- you know, see other albums that sort of thing. I would definitely recommend it. It was it was very well done. Yeah, Josh, what were you doing in the intervening years since our last show? <laughs> right before Super Bowl Sunday, February for those who are not in America. Yeah, I got a promotional email from AMC because I get a lot of them, and they're like, "Hey, everything's cool. Come back. Here's five dollars." And they're just constantly, and, and I'm very upset. We've talked about this. I'm very upset I can't go to the movies. And I thought, God, I wonder if there's any slots open for these private theater rentals. It's $99. You choose a movie. That was actually what the email said. It was, we've added more movies. And I was like, all right, I'll look this time. You know, because basically there's new movies that are $250, which is a waste of money. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I can't believe that you can pick the movie. Yeah, no, you can pick the movie. There was a bunch of them. They added uh, a bunch of different shows. And I looked in our local theater here, which is an AMC. It's not a great theater. Like, it's kind of, it doesn't have, like, the recliner seats or anything. But uh, about 20 minutes south of here in Methuen, Mass., and then there's another one over another 20 minutes in a different direction. They've got, like, you know, the big theaters, you know, stadium with the, with the recliner chairs and everything. And it was the same price. And I went and I looked on a Sunday. I had no idea it was Super Bowl Sunday. But there was openings. And I so I got a theater for the middle of the day, Thursday. It was just you could invite up to 20 people. But I just my wife and I <laughs> and we, we got back to the future. And I told her about it on the way. There was a huge snowstorm that we had to drive through to get there. And I was like, I'm not missing this. I haven't had movie popcorn in forever. And I was a little concerned because I've gone to see old movies, you know, like uh, like um, revival, revival kind of thing. Yeah, that's the word, you know, and it like one time I was like, there's just playing the, the DVD. It wasn't even the Blu-ray. And so I was a little they didn't have an actual print that. of it. Yeah, but that's not what happened, is the point. It was a beautiful print. Wait, well, hold on. Before you get to that, what were the choices? Did you have, was there any thought to it, or did you just immediately go right to Back to the Future? Uh, I looked through it. I liked a bunch of them, but the Back to the Future is my wife's favorite well, movie. So what were some of the other choices you had? I have to look it up here. I don't remember off the top of my head. When you talk, I will look some up, and we'll go through some of the other ones. But that's either fine. way, you know, we get there, and... You know, we basically can sit anywhere. We, you can talk the whole time if you want to. We didn't. In fact, I shushed my wife just to know what it felt like again. Um, I'm shocked you didn't talk the whole time. Shut up. Um, <laughs> I take the theater seriously. And, uh, you know, like the print looked amazing. And it's, it's you know, I've seen the movie a billion times. But, like, when you're in the theater, we've talk, we talked about the, on this show, like, you have to pay attention, you know. In a way, you know, we didn't have yeah. our phones out. We weren't looking at anything like you're watching the movie in a way that you don't really with a movie that you've seen a thousand times that you happen to catch on TV or whatever. 
And and so it was a little not like seeing it for the first time, but first time like in a long time. And I was like, this is such a good movie. I'm on the AMC website it's and a great the, movie. the the movies that they show that are available aside from new ones or whatever. But Back to the Future, Raiders, Mean Girls, uh, the Lego Movie, Bridesmaids, School of Rock, Big Lebowski, The Karate Kid, yeah, which is, which is kinda... clever, a uh, clever of them. Um, the Thing, which I'm surprised by. So, yeah. uh, the Notebook, Jurassic World, Crazy Rich Asians. You know, it's sort of a, a, it's a, a sprinkling of many different kinds a, of films. A, a sprinkling of sort of you know culty sort of movies from the last however many years. I know, I happen to know that she booked a theater uh, for my birthday, and we're gonna watch Raiders. I'm so jealous. I know. So and here's like, the thing. Here's the thing. I'm literally on the AMC website right now, and here on Long Island. Like I'm looking in May and there's no availability. That's, well, that's good for them that they're booking. It's the good for theaters, them, yeah, yeah. That they're well because they're at lo- lower capacity. But it's like this is one of the few times Josh, we're living in the middle of nowhere is playing to your advantage because. Totally. <laughs> well, it's funny because you know in the old days when we could go to the theaters and there's a lot of theaters in LA that show revivals. I saw Raiders as a revival in the Arclight Chain. Actually, in New York, I'm thinking of I saw. Back to the Future at the theater when they had, the, I think it was like the 30th anniversary. It was probably 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they, it came out at that one big, uh, the, the Lincoln Center Theater that Josh and I have been to before. Yeah. Both great theater experiences. I mean, you know, yeah. I saw the original Back to the Future Theater, you know, however long ago it was. And Raiders probably not. But to see them both on the big screen is a whole other That's experience. You, you, you've seen them a hundred times on your TV, but to see them again on the big screen is a whole other experience. That's- it's one of the biggest things I miss about not living in San Francisco, which is the Castro Theater, which is, for those who don't know, in the Castro District in San Francisco, it's a great old one-screen movie theater with a pipe organ at the front of it, right? And they only show library titles. There are no first-run movies, right? So, like, yeah. every every month you got the calendar, and it was like, ooh, they're showing North by Northwest, and they're showing, you know, like, and it's there the would be some theme nights LA. and things like that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so, and I, you know, and I'm bummed because I don't, have that really here on Long Island or, you know, and, and New York really doesn't have that either. Like Sounds the, like you had an opportunity the, to open one up, Ron. The Alamo in Yonkers has some good, like, classic kind of scheduling like that. But since the pandemic, just having Yonkers is so far away. So, yeah. But it, it's it's a wonderful thing that you get to do that. I, I literally, I was brushing my teeth the other day. I had an idle thought, oh, we could go to see a movie at the Arclight tonight. Oh, no, we can't. Like, I just, it popped in my head, like, the... Mm-hmm. The visceral experience of seeing a film, what for whatever reason popped in my head while I was brushing my teeth, and I just got really sad. Yeah. Oh, totally! In that moment, like the whole night out experience, you know, going yep. to the theater, having dinner beforehand or afterwards, and going to the theater and the popcorn and whatever, you know, whatever you get at the th- it just it all rushed into my head in a moment and, and dissipated because I realized I couldn't do that, and I got really sad about it, you know, because we're we're. We're almost exactly a year into it. This now, this situation that we're in, and it's it's a it's a bummer on on a, on a myriad number of levels. But it's a, I'm glad you get to go to do that because I haven't been inside a theater since almost it was a year the now. Best. We were both so happy. It was just like we would look at each other and it was like, "This is the best thing." And she's like, "Yes." And so I was like, "Did you take your kids?" We we're like, "No." It was just <laughs> us watching a movie, <laughs> you know, awesome. and just didn't have to worry about anything else. And it's funny because Super Bowl was going, there was a big storm outside and it was just like everything in here right now is perfect. You know, like you didn't have to wear a mask. There was nobody else around. I guess technically you were supposed to wear a mask, but there was nobody in the theater. It was it was so good. 
so jealous. Yeah, yeah oh, it was, it was so a, so jealous. I mean, I mean, hundred bucks isn't a little bit of money. I but, would, no, but it's not that far off from a night out. I no, would it is. It is. Totally I would do not. it in a second. I, yeah, I would it, probably do two hundred. You know, like oh man. Yeah. Well, like it's funny though because we watched like one of the the new Denzel. Like, is it little the little things? I think yeah, like, we watched Netflix it on HBO. Or, HBO Max. I didn't really like it. I did watch Promising Young Woman, and that was really good. Anyway, so like, but that—that's a two hundred and fifty dollars movie. I was like, why? Just watch a movie yeah. you love, you know, for that. Yeah. Don't. It's like, like, let's pay that to see a new movie that probably isn't that great. We are old men trying to deal with a new time, but there is nothing better to me than watching a terrific film on a big screen yeah. in a theater <laughs> with the lights out and your phones off, Ugly. not in your house. I've got surround sound. I've got a nice TV. I got a four K TV. But there's nothing better than watching Back to the Future, Raiders of the Lost Ark on a big screen. Agreed. In, in the dark with other people. You were with your wife. But experiencing that communal moment of entertainment, is nothing beats it. You yeah. could invite up to 20 people, which really works out to five bucks a person. But I didn't. I'm which just, isn't that bad. You should just go around to your neighbors for Raiders. I don't want. I'd rather, I would rather pay the money and have nobody there. <laughs> it's a lot easier. Before on these episodes, we would usually talk about what we were watching streaming-wise, but Josh and Ron both chose things that were outside the streaming realm, which is totally fine. Although Ron's well, no, Ron's my, my, my streaming, was streaming, but, but not, not like a show that people could watch. It, it was limited. You, you had to pay for limited. it. That's you know yeah. what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Ron on that. I think that counts. What yeah, my point totally is, like, counts. it's not like a show on Netflix. We're talking about. No, you're right. That's fair. That's fair. I'll go with one. This was sort of a coincidence. It, it hit the zeitgeist as a coincidental notion. I wasn't watching it because of that. It was Derek Del Guadio's In and of Itself on Hulu. Oh, I want to see this. It's on my list. I haven't watched it yet. So I'm not going to spoil it because that's part of the process. So is this going to be, this so is going to be kind of a short. But what I will say is it's a filming of a live show in New York on a theater stage. Frank Oz was the director. It opened originally in L.A. at the, I think, the Geffen Theater, and then it moved to New York, and it they shot this film based there. Stephen Colbert and his wife were executive producers. And it's a magic show. And that's all I'm going to say. It is a magic show that is more about identity and how you perceive yourself than it is about magic. And it includes something really incredible magic. But it's really, at the end of the day, about your perception of your own self. It sort of hit at the same time. Like, everyone was talking about it. And I had watched it because I'm a big Stephen Colbert fan. I watch him every night. And he had mentioned it on his show. I produced this movie. And so... I'd watched it before. That sort of everyone's talking about it. I'm not claiming any kind of position here, but it's just, just I, I, I hadn't seen the design guys talking about it yet until afterwards. But it's a polarizing film because I people I've recommended it to who are super cynical sort of hate it, but people who I've recommended it to who are super sentimental love it. And I'm one of those people, and I was like weeping at the end of it. So if you're that kind of person who really feels deeply I don't know what that means, but that's that's sort of how I feel. If you're if you're one of those people that feels sentiment deeply. I'm both of those things. You are, but you are both of those things, and I don't know how either one of you would react to this so much. I think Ron would like it, and Josh, I'm not exactly sure how you would feel towards this, but it it really made me think about how I see myself and the and how my place in the world is. And I love magic too, and so it's a great magic show. But man, it really did a number on me. And I, again, if you're that kind of person who doesn't mind. You know, a little bit of emotional manipulation, which I think everything is emotional manipulation. Sure. I thought it was wonderful. I really did. And it made me miss living in New York. It made me miss going to shows in New York, like underground theater, that kind of, that kind of feel. It, it was really wonderful. It really is. It, it blew me away. It honestly blew me away. So it's on Hulu right now. You really 
can't if you spoil anything about it, it'll ruin it. So I'm not going to talk about it at all. But it's a, it's a one man magic show that deals with identity, and it's just wonderful. And the tricks in it are top notch, top notch. Cool. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would recommend it's, it's, it's on our list. We just have we just haven't got to it yet. But it, it's definitely a, a couple of uh, folks that I watched it was like, I'm not going to tell you about it, but you just got to watch it. I'm like, all right. That's all what right. I tell people. Don't look into it. Don't read about it. Just go watch it and. For some people, it hit really well, and other people were like, "That was bullshit." And I was like, "Okay, I realize now why you think that." Because people, super cynical people, will, will probably hate it, but it's just, right. oof, oof. It, it, I still think about some of the messaging in that film today. You know, weeks, wow. weeks, weeks, weeks after thinking, after watching it. My only problem here is going to be that I always forget to look at Hulu. So I don't, I don't ever honest. go to Hulu. I don't, I don't, I just don't know why I still have it, honestly. I watch Hulu a bit. Uh, we're, it's on the list also to watch, but we haven't. But because Hulu has the History Channel, and the, there's the History of Food in America, whatever it is that's on that series that they're doing right now. And you like those kinds of things, yeah. Well, Carrie wants to watch it, so yeah. So I, I would recommend uh, you both check it out, though. Uh, just from I, pl- I plan to, yeah, I plan to, hundred percent. So that's what we've been enjoying, sort of in the in the meantime. But we wanted, to, you know, we always have our main topic of conversation. And this this month, Josh said, "Hey guys, I watched Cobra Kai." I'd love to talk about it. And Ron's like, let's talk about it on the show. And I was like, I haven't watched it. And so we all ended up watching it. Well, let's back let's back it up here. Let's back yeah. it up. Oh, yeah. Oh. So Cobra Kai came out three years ago. 2018. YouTube Premium. Yeah, and I had watched it and raved about it. No one listened to me. No, 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 no. no that's then, not true. Connor watched it. I watched well, Connor, all the free episodes. I just watched the free. I think it was, this was a problem I had re-watching it now on Netflix because Cobra Kai is now available all on Netflix. Right. When it came out on YouTube Premium, they had like a preview, and it was definitely the first episode. Yeah. But rewatching it, I was, during the second episode, I was like, I feel like I've seen some of this, but not all of it. And I don't know if that's because my memory was fucked up or it was because they changed your it. It's your memory. But anyway, I had watched the first episode, really enjoyed it. It made me go back and rewatch Karate Kid again, which. Yeah. Yeah, I did that too, and it was great. Yeah. It's now all available. Three seasons worth on Netflix. Yeah. So yeah. So YouTube wound down their premium their premium uh, offering, and so then and then, but Sony still wanted to make the Karate Kid thing, so they went. Out, it was a big bidding war, and Netflix got it, which is great. And so so they brought season one and two to Netflix, and then Josh watches it as if it had never been out before, <laughs> and then got really mad every time I called him out for it. So. That is not how that works at all. I said, "Hey, this was really cool." And you're like, "I was first. And I was like, "Okay." But I just watched it and I really liked it. He's like, I did it a long time ago. Okay. We, we all we, we, we were all first through the door. But season one and two aired on YouTube Premium. They had ordered a third season, which was in production, and then Netflix shut down whatever it was. So they made the show, but they never aired the third season. So they were all made via YouTube. And then Netflix right. got the rights, and they've aired all three seasons. So Cobra Kai is, of course, the sequel to the Karate Kid films, which came out in the early 80s. Throughout that time, we're going to talk about that in a second. And stars the original cast, William Zabka, Ralph Macchio, as well as a whole slew of new people. 30 years later, or however however many years later it's been since the original Karate Kid film. First of all, I'd like to establish what your level of Karate Kid fandom was before watching Cobra Kai. Because for me, we've talked a lot throughout throughout the years about Star Wars, Star Trek, etc. But for me as a kid... The original Karate Kid film was really a big deal. I watched that. I've probably seen that film a hundred times. No, I, I saw it in the theater. I saw. Karate I have a Kid photo of me in theater. Halloween dressed up as Ralph Macchio's Karate Kid. My mom made me a gi. Like oh, I thought it was the shower. 
the music, the dialogue, it all brings me back to a moment in time as important as anything else I watched in the 80s. Like, for, I think I forgot until rewatching this that how important Karate Kid was for me at the time in sure. the 80s. Wow. Like, it was a big deal. I didn't realize that it was that important to you. I enjoyed it at the time and look back on it fondly, but it wasn't a uh, bellwether for me. Oh, for for sure it was for me. The first, the first movie for sure. The the sequel less so. I never watched the third one. Between you two, uh, I remember very specifically going to see it in the theater because I what was was eighty four, so I was eight. No, I saw the theater too. Yeah, and what had happened was. Uh, we went to see Ghostbusters because I thought that looks funny. And at the very beginning, with the ghost was in the library, I took it to my mom. I was like, I don't want to see this. It was scary. Oh, I had so we went across the hall yeah. and went to Karate Kid. So I, and I remember, and I loved that. I loved it. Like I loved it. I went and saw you know That's the great. first two of them in the theater. I think I lost, I lost interest after that to a certain extent. I don't remember three at all. I didn't see three. That's what I realized now for watching this. Yeah, and again, I wa- after I watched those, I went back and watched the original, and it you know it was the same same kind of thing. Like it's a really good movie. Well, they have this thing with '80s movies where you're like, oh, there's a lot of schlock going on, but boy, you know, like there are a lot of really good fundamentals. It was the same thing in, in Back to the Future, but like Karate Kid worked really well. It was it was at heart like a very human story. There wasn't you know it, it was interesting people acting you know there was there was a couple of little tropes left over but basically you know it's pretty far of its way not to make fun of the asian guy being the joke like everything else that was different it was it was you know it's, it's a good movie I, I loved it so ron you were more casual no i mean i i mean it was in the mix of the 80s movies like like josh mentioned ghostbusters and gremlins and mm-hmm. like all the all those movies of the clue all those movies of the time i, I saw them all in the theater i saw karate kid 2 in the theater i don't think i saw three i think i dropped off after three but it was definitely one that was like uh, you know like you know looked back on fondly and then when years later when the whoever did that youtube video proving that daniel was the villain of karate kid i you know which is bullshit laughed. is totally bullshit <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I I kept when I, was, when I watched when I was the first two seasons and I was like okay I'm listening and then by the end I was like and then when I watched the movie no. again I went Johnny you were an asshole totally yeah. <laughs> I don't care how mean your stepdad was yeah but it's so ingrained in the cultural like lore zeitgeist of like you could I mean hell you know like there, there you know there was a hardcore band called Sweep the Leg Johnny in the yeah. 90s you know like that that I listened to and like it is part of our generation's language yes. you know whether you know there even quotes from it and things like yeah, it yeah kick his ass yeah he's like put him in a body bag like wax on wax off the number of times I've been at pinball tournaments where we're yelling that stuff in the background while somebody's playing because it's like a tournament and like that's like it so yeah it definitely has so so much cultural resonance and value that when this came out connor you know to go back to when it first came out on youtube and we watched that first episode it was one of those things where like oh god i can't believe they're doing this like reboots and all this sort of Mm -hmm. stuff and after watching that first episode it was like is this really good this is way better than it deserves to be i'll go (laughs) on a limb and say this the first season is perfect First season is perfect. It's perfect. The second and third season get a little more goofy, but like season one of Cobra Kai is a perfect season of television. I, I will, I will argue that season two is the weakest in that. I think that season two felt like they didn't think they would get a second season and they had to figure out what they're going to do or whatever. And it, it, then it came back to form in season three. I I felt personally, Uh, but season one, season one is 
perfection. Let's talk about Cobra Kai. So Cobra Kai is takes place 30 years later, and it focuses at least initially on Johnny Lawrence, the villain of the Karate Kid films, the the er 80s villain, William, William Zabka, who was a bad guy in several 80s films as the sort of preppy-ish blonde asshole, which was a trope in all those films. Johnny's down and out living in the Valley still in Reseda, and he's a handyman, and he's still very much... A, he's My favorite thing about this, sh- this show is that he is an 80s character who hasn't aged. Yeah, he never moved forward. Other than his physical down. body. He is still watches Iron Eagle... He has the posters on the, uh, of the bikini girls on his wall. He doesn't know about the internet. He still listens to Guns N' Roses. Like he is, he basically woke up from a coma and it's still 1984. Well, not even Guns N' Roses, like like Poison and like and like and like Foreigner and like stuff like that. Like earlier, he hasn't moved on yeah. at all, and his life is shitty. And he comes up against Daniel, his karate rival, who is a successful car dealership owner in the valley and he's constantly dealing with seeing his rival succeed in life where he is failing only to find miguel in his complex who was sort of a nerd outcast in his school who was being picked on and bullied on the same way daniel was by johnny in high school which causes him to reopen cobra kai the dojo that he was once a member of and things occur from there. But the thing for me that's great is that Johnny's still an asshole, but he is sort of endearingly an asshole, which tracks in the film, because in the original film, he, at the end, he, he didn't want to fight dirty, and he he congratulated Daniel in the film. So like for me, the, yeah. the, the arc of Johnny's character makes sense. It wasn't out yeah. of nowhere, because it, he wasn't necessarily all bad. It was... Crease, who shows up like the devil at the end of season one, oh. perfect introduction, literally like like introducing like the devil, who was the real bad guy. I just think there's so much going on here that's terrific, and I I cannot say <laughs> enough about how this great good the show is. It's it's incredible how good the show is. I'm really so is. glad you're enjoying yeah. it because you're you're spot on. Josh, what did you think? Are we talking about the whole thing? Or are we talking about season three? All of talk about the whole thing. The whole, whole thing, thing. All three seasons. I think that everything Connor says about William Zabka. He's a great actor, by the way. No, he, uh, yeah, and I don't know what he's actually like. Why isn't he even working more? He is terrific. Well, it's probably because he got typecast. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. So what's really interesting is when we first went and watched through it, I was like, I don't know, man. Is Ralph Macchio, is he good at this or is he bad? And then I went back and we watched the the movie and I was like, oh, no, he's exactly playing the same character. Like there was, there was a little bit too where like he, he moves oddly. But he moves oddly in the films too. I know that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, I was like, maybe he hurt himself or something because his upper body, like his arms don't swing like that Seinfeld episode. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but then I watched it and I was like, no, he, he walked like that when he was 20. Like that's so that's sort of what he is. And, you know, every sort of hokey thing about him in the show, I went back and I was like, no, that was all there. So it was very true to form in that way. And I don't know what the award situation is. But <laughs> the fact that William Zabka is not getting every Emmy for this, he you know, really should. It, it's, it's really, really kind of sad because you watch him. And you realize, oh, he's a really good actor, and he just got typecast as Johnny, yeah. Yeah. and he used it in the '80s, and then that ran out, and he just mm-hmm. like he, he should have had a great career because he's actually a really compelling actor. Like mm-hmm. he's so compelling that you you start rooting for him, which you're supposed to in the show. But mm-hmm. like, and I think this really came across in the last season of Thursday. He's really funny. Like, he's very funny. Yeah, incredibly funny. And I will be honest, like at parts. 
he was the part of the show that really made me, you know, to watch it. Because I thought, especially in the third season, that the kids' storylines were getting a little goofy. I was yes. kind of like, it was a, it was pretty hokey. Yeah. So you've got Daniel's got a daughter who's who he used to train in karate. She falls in love with Miguel, and then you've got Johnny's estranged son Robbie who gets yeah. involved. That's pretty much Hunter Strong from Boy Meets World, right? But what I That's what I him. thought was interesting was that they took the idea that Cobra Cry in the films was a, was a dojo full of bullies right and so in the shows it was the first season it was johnny took all of the nerds freaks outcasts from the high school and brought them to cobra kai and oh they're they're turning on its head but by the end of it they became the bullies yeah no and and the the hawk character great metaphor for sort of tech culture where the you know the nerds inherit the earth become assholes like it became this whole thing where it inverted you know you had all these outcasts who became the the school assholes and Hawk being the exemplifier of it. And I thought that was a really smart thing to do. And then I thought the way they became muddled in two and three was really interesting. Now I agree that two and three becomes more fantastical. You have these giant Kung Fu fights throughout the high school, which were fun to watch. They were incredibly well choreographed. That was my problem with two. Like who really, because the thing was, is that one, one was so tight and so well done. And you had, you had Johnny, Taking Miguel under his wing and and you know you know having a mentor mentee father son kind of relationship. Yeah, Miguel was great and too. Then, great and you have actor. Miguel in a romantic relationship with Daniel's daughter, so you have the conflict there. And then you introduce Robbie, who's actually his son. Yep. And Robbie starts training with Daniel, and there's so much you know kind of conflict and that sort of thing. And it all culminates in the tournament, like the first movie did, right? So so it echoed the the original in the same way that like the Force Awakens echoed Star Wars. There's a lot like, of that, in but in a good but in a good way. Yeah. And then and then you come down off of that, and Miguel wins the tournament. This time the Cobra Kai kid wins by fighting dirty. By fighting dirty, right? Exactly. And this whole thing. And then season two comes along, and there's just so much air let out. And it really kind of meandered, and it culminates in this like gang war. But it was awesome to watch. Which no, which no, which sort I didn't of, but it was. Think, I didn't even think it was. It was almost like awkward to watch. And but it was like, so yeah. well choreographed. I thought it was yeah. so well done. And it, it might and have it, been, but like the ending of it was uh, so like arch, and it was. Yeah. I was like, that's. It's almost too far, and I get what they're going, and I like that they took risks and stuff like that, but it, it sort of gave them the point where like it's kind of hard to come back from it, right? Because it ends with with Miguel getting you know falling off a, a, a you know two story f- drop, and in the third season he's paralyzed, and that becomes a a story point in the third which season, which leads to some hilarious Johnny action where he tries to get his legs to fix. I mean, the, come on. Yeah, no, I do think they turned it around in the third season. I thought the the completely contrived reason to get Daniel to Japan was contrived and idiotic. But once he got to Japan, it was yeah. awesome. Yes. Like, yeah, no, all the scenes with uh, Cho Sun were, were great. Yes. I watched two again also. You and, know, which... and then it really it really turned around there, and then it ends with the, the inevitable of Johnny and Daniel coming together to train these kids. Well, because Kreese is the real villain. He's always Kreese been the real, the real villain. villain. Right, correct. Yeah, which and, and, and then at the same time, we start getting in the third season these flashbacks to Kreese's Vietnam background to understand how he got to where he's going to be. I okay. feel like it ended season yeah. three where like, oh, man, I want to see where this goes. But it, season two was rough. It was rough. But it also included the... I thought terrific episode where Johnny reconnects with his old that Cobra Kai mates, yep. including the one guy who died in real life who was, they had him yep. being sick. Like, Christ. That was well done. The put him in the body bag guy who was dying at the time. And so they had his character being sick and dying. And they had 
the guy who was the priest is a real seven-time world champion karate guy, so he actually looked like he could do his moves, whereas the other, you know, there's a lot of suspicion of disbelief on the show. And he could act. And they're all great. And, you know, they, they had the whole crew, which was the, the four main guys, minus Steve McQueen's son, who they had him in prison. I thought that episode was beautiful. I really, I thought that was, a, I mean, I don't want to no, feel good. But the, the problem I'm having watching the show is it's elemental to me to hate Cobra Kai. Like, yeah, but I think it's cool elemental. Like, is- as a kid, like, you've got Darth Vader and you've got Johnny Lawrence. Like, to, honestly, as a kid, like, those are the people I hated the most. And so to, to get any kind of sympathetic backstory to them is a weird turn in my head where I think, okay, well, I kind of like these guys now, but I shouldn't because they were Cobra Kai. You got to see that some of them grew up, you know, and that's sure. what happens. You do dumb shit when you're a kid, and it's funny because Johnny didn't, and that's sort of him, you know, coming along and trying to actually figure out how to be a good guy, which he should have done earlier. And I find all that really interesting. And also, I do like the ambiguity of a certain point. You're like, well, is is Daniel the asshole here? You know, and that it, that went away pretty quickly, though. Yeah, but he still has a certain hubris where he would he would be like, "This isn't right," and he would start to yeah, become yeah. too self righteous. And I think he, that's he's really self righteous. But on like, I think the first season was playing with the idea of is he the bad guy? Especially the beginning of the ep- the beginning first two episodes, it was like Daniel's become the asshole, but. They did away with that pretty quickly. Where he, there's a it, lot it's of times he's doing he's a thing, the and guy. his wife is just like, "What is wrong with you? Why are you acting what, like this?" And one I think of my, that was one of my coworkers made the point that Daniel's wife is the actual hero of the show. Well, she's <laughs> great, she, and they they she, fix she, her because in the first episode she's mean girl grown up. I don't know if you yeah. noticed that, but the first episode they completely changed her characterization. Where yeah, she was which, like, which makes sense because it wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked. And then you have Allie come back. At a I certain was going to say, how did you feel about the Elizabeth Shue coming back in the third? Season? She looks great. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and she looked great in the first one. So it's like a thing. And <laughs> they all look great. But what is Liam Zabka's diet and exercise routine? Because I want to know. It's not drinking those fucking Coors bottles constantly. I tell <laughs> yeah. you that much. Banquet, banquet beer. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> but as a running gag, it's a great one that just yeah. never gets mentioned. It's just there. They must yep. be sponsoring the show. I, I don't think so. I looked it up. <laughs> I mean, they might have been eventually, but I I think that's not it. I, yeah, just, I think it's, it's more character. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, he would always drink that. The wife is a terrific character, and, and she's great, and... I like the fact that they give him a son, and they were like, well, let's forget about this guy as much as we can. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, the characters are all really, really good. I think his daughter is an interesting character. Miguel's fun and Robbie. But, you know, the, the kid stuff is a bit more arch and out there. But, like... Yeah, I don't love that. I, this, I had a harder time with this in the third season. Daniel and his daughter's relationship is interesting and fun. And all you want is for Johnny to make the right decision. And he just never makes the right decision. He never can patch it up with Robbie. He, can, he never can patch it up with Miguel. It's just like, make the right choice. And you, he never does it. I mean, it's just. What, 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 I think that's what's interesting and great about the character is, it's not just the fact that he he had like an eight track in his car before the car got destroyed, but like he has a good heart. He just never knows how to manifest it. Yeah, he always makes the wrong choice. And also, Eagle Fang is awesome. Let's just be honest. <laughs> let's all let's all be honest. Eagle Fang Dojo is a cool name. I still go back to my initial assertion after watching that first episode that this is it was way better than it deserved to be. Not even close. It's shocking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like like whatever magic, you know, whatever alchemy that led to it, it just I I still I, I can't believe how just engaging and there's a certain amount of, you know, you know, like uh, I want to say sincerity to it. Oh, for sure. That that is that that just it, it works on so many levels. And I mean, I, I could watch a whole episode of Facebook 
of him trying to use Facebook. I'd be fine with it. <laughs> that hash brown, whatever. That's yeah. one of the funniest things. But also, like when he first got on the internet, it was like hot babes. Then it was what t-shirt contests. Then he went to like conspiracy theories, and it was like it was all perfectly in character for him. Yeah, yeah. And also, Martin Cove is like an all-time great villain. And he's he's still really great on this show as John Kreese. I like, hate him. I yeah. hate him. That in the way, like I hate him on the show, but like it's so he's so disturbing. Like in yeah. the same way that you were just talking about, you don't know that you can make Johnny the bad guy yeah. or the good guy. You know, like I don't know how you could not hate. And 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 they they I think they overplay it a little bit, but also it's probably the right choice. Like I don't want to know about the other side of him. I don't want to see his human side. I just want to see him defeated. They showed him as a as a young guy. It doesn't redeem him in the least. Like, okay, no, he no, was a young guy no. who got picked on. He had a girlfriend who died. He got he almost died in the war. Doesn't matter. He's a psychopath. He's basically being portrayed like in the classical sense as the devil, which is perfect because he's the devil between Johnny and Daniel, and that's perfect what he should be. And the thing about it is, is that when they reintroduced him, he's down on his luck. He's yeah. he's, he's living, living in a, in a, in a homeless. In a, in a, he's homeless, living in a veterans facility, like just with a bag. And I do like in the time between that and season two, and where we end up in season three, where he's taken over Cobra Kai, paying the rent. Yeah. You know, like ha, has decorated it with all his stuff. I'm like, how logistically how did this it's, happen? It's really funny, like with with all that arch stuff that he's going through. I looked around. I was like, he's still running the business. Right. Exactly. You know, like it's a mop. You know, he's, he's a better business owner than, than Johnny is let's be honest Johnny, yeah, On, yeah. Johnny did all the work don't let's not let that go he did he did all the work with Miguel but he did it it shouldn't be this good even season two and three which are not as good as season one it still shouldn't be this good it shouldn't be this good yeah and at some point you're like do these guys want to be playing these roles 30 years later but like the writing is so good oh, I also think they're having fun and they're having a great time like it takes this it takes this thing that like they did that you know people it made their careers and everything, and people love it. But there's a little bit of a joke to it, and they were like, "No, no, there's legs in this. And you can keep doing it." And I think that's really interesting, because you know, th- there's there's things like that that they bring it back, and it's better than you hope. But this isn't one of those things that you would think would happen that right. would be any good. And the music cues and the songs, I've teared up several times watching the show because of those things. Because it's so, you know, I was what did we say, Rami? We were seven when the movie came out. Like, yeah, yep. yeah. It's so elementally ingrained in me that like. They start playing those music cues during a fight. I'm just like, I start getting teary-eyed. Or they recall a dialogue or Mr. Miyagi gets referenced. And it's just like, Mr. Miyagi is Obi-Wan Kenobi as much as anything else. When the the villain of Karate Kid 2, the Japanese the, the Japanese on. guy. He know, was great. I literally like, like turned to my wife. I was like, oh my God, like I can't <laughs> believe. And like, and the way they spun that, that they were learning the same kind of karate and it's all from the same, like, and it like, it, it just, it, and it, it just, I don't know. It like that, that felt like what the magic of Cobra Kai can be. Yeah. Um, and I felt like I just, and, and seeing that. That was that, a great I episode. Like, I felt like they just, that's just an example of what they got away from in season two. Yeah. I mean, season yeah. two is more about the kids, but I, yeah. I, don't, I like the kids. I like the character. I, th- I think Hawk's journey is interesting. You know, he's yeah. very much like Johnny. He was a nerd who was picked on, and he uses the power he gets from karate to become a bully, and that's that happens a lot. And and now it's like, well, is he really? And you know, is he's not as bad necessarily as Carmen? You know, who is not Carmen? Uh, that's the girlfriend. Um, Tori. 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 She's, she's the she's, worst. She's too, she's a little too much. The kids do have interesting arcs. I do enjoy them. Like a lot of these things, they're not as compelling as the original characters, but the, their arcs are interesting, and the, the the different way they switched sides is interesting. And the idea that you have to pretend like this is a world where karate tournaments mean a big deal to a whole section of the population is—you <laughs> right. you just have to go with it, you know. 
Yeah. I mean, do I believe that Dimitri can actually do karate effectively? No. But for the show, sure. Like, you know, whatever. (laughs) It's the point where now I'm sad that I finished it, and there's not going to be another season for whoever whoever the fuck knows how long it's going to be until the next season comes up. I talk about ending on a cliff, like, uh, on a point where I'm like, oh, man, now they're together, and they were going to get the tournament. Like, the whole thing is that, like, the tournament is the thing you need. That is your climax, right? And they went to it too early in season one. No, it had to happen. It was a mirror image of the first of the movie. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. idea that all these kids who just started doing karate would win the tournament, sure. But, like, it, it well, doesn't matter. the movie, Daniel didn't have that long. It doesn't really matter. You you go with it. I mean, Hawk couldn't have grown his hair out like that. <laughs> the, episode, yeah, the, the episode where Daniel and Johnny drink. When they that was great. Together. And, like, when yes. the, the, the few times where they start, like, relating to each other as people and, like, reminiscing. And, like, when they were reminiscing, uh, I forgot who they were reminiscing to. It might have been Elizabeth Chu or whoever, but when it, the tournament came up and, and Johnny's like, with an illegal kick. Yeah. And he's like, no, it wasn't. You know, like, that sort of stuff. Like, it's like there's a humanity to it that just resonated. And You know, what I think what's really nice about it is every once in a while they start to get along you know it's like that scene yeah. where they have a drink together where they, they start out fighting and then they hang on they start to get along and you're like oh this is what i want and then they they it gets ruined and so that's what keeps happening because the observation the, the observation that elizabeth shoe makes is that they really are the same yeah mm-hmm. they're more similar than they want to imagine. they're both really stubborn about their point of view in the world man ali was hot to trot she was like i'm divorced i'm out of the town <laughs> I just love Johnny's character as a guy who, to him, it's still 1986. Like, it, it yeah. doesn't, the world has not changed. He's very confused. What is Facebook? What is the internet? What, you know, like, I just, I watch Iron Eagle. I drink my cores. I have my bikini posters. Like, I just, I love his character, even if he hasn't changed. And trying to flush him out, make him more sympathetic, doesn't change the fact that he was still an asshole when he was 16, which is fine. Yeah. Oh. I think it's a terrific show. I really do. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked how good it is. Uh, yeah, again, it goes back to like it's shocking how good it is, <laughs> and how good they all are in it. Macho's good, Zabka's good, Cove's good. You know, everyone who's come back has been great. And you know, Pat Morita was nominated for an Oscar when he good played he Mr. Been. Miyagi. He was really good. So having him sort of as the patron saint of the show, the emotional base works really yeah. well. Yeah. Every time he comes up, the third season, it, you know, Samantha doesn't really snap out of her PTSD until they smash the photo of Mr. Miyagi, which, you know, emotionally works really well for the viewer. Yeah. I'm shocked. I think that actually made the Okinawa stuff work really well, too. It was, you know, like, sort of remind you of that again. I'm I'm shocked he didn't go up there and do that fish hook thing. But (laughs) (laughs) also, Uh, watching him move, I don't think that was a good idea. I I can't believe that. Well, hold on. He is, like, 60 years old, so let's all be fair. He works, he moves, he's in good shape for 60. And he was very good in the deuce. Yeah. And I, he was good to do. He was 59 years old. Yeah. I can't believe that the success of this has not led to more attempts to do this sort of thing with other properties. Well, I'm sure it will once yeah. things settle. Well, I mean, production. it's been three seasons now. It didn't really blow up until it went to Netflix with, uh, with so many other things yeah. during the pandemic. And there's only so many properties you could, this can work with. Yeah. You, know? you can't do a Goonies 30 years later. Well, some, some Sean Astin sure wants to. <laughs> I'm sure someone's trying to somewhere. <laughs> I mean, overall, like Josh, you seem more the most critical of season two and three. What do you think overall of the show? I like it an awful lot. Like when we, when me and Lindsay started watching it, we went right through. When they showed up on Netflix, watched one as a lark. I was like, well, let's see what it is. And we just couldn't stop. We went right through. And we were really excited when three came along. 
we watched four or five in a row, like in a uh, yeah. Episode. I feel like this is like right up Lindsay's alley. Yeah, but it's good. Yeah. I mean, but it's good. Like it, yeah. it wouldn't work if it's not good. And right. yeah, I mean, I think there were a couple of times in the third season when they would cut to the kids stuff, and we would be like, all right, come on, let's move along. But the, the you know the other half of the show made up for it, and it, and we're still kind of invested, even if it's a little goofy. So kind of invested. No, in the kids' storyline. Oh, okay, okay. We're totally in for the adult storyline. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So Cobra Kai is on Netflix. There's three seasons. There's 30, 30 episodes. I mean, it's 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 just a lot of fun. Yeah, and it, and and we've talked about this before, but half hour episodes. Oh, oh yeah. genius! So good. Yep. It's funny because those of you listening who are iFanboy patrons who tune into the patron hangout, that's where we've been talking about WandaVision, mm. you know, as, as it's been coming out. But I was talking to some coworkers about WandaVision and they were critical of the runtime and how they want more and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, not Mike, nope, nope. 30 minutes, perfect. 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 Perfect, perfect yep. length. Mandalorian, WandaVision, I love it. Give me, you know, when when I under forty minutes, I'm you've got me. Like it's it's oh it's so good. Like that, I don't need the full hour plus. I don't need the Game of Thrones. Oh, this episode's an hour and twenty minutes. Jesus. I'll say on that, you know, like it's pretty bingeable. The Cobra Kai. Oh, yeah. for sure. Like I liked that WandaVision. I liked the Mandalorian. I liked those came out weekly, and I would watch them that way. This one plowed through. Cobra Kai watched the whole all three seasons in two weeks. I could have done it less time if, if not for life, yeah. but it was very yeah. like, oh, how many are you watching tonight? Three, two, like four. So that's where you can find it on Netflix, and it's it's a terrific show. If you've never seen, it was designed around. If you've never seen Karate Kid, you could enjoy it, and you can. Yes. Sure. And but but if you go and watch Karate Kid, it's it even better. It. It's yeah, even exactly. Better. Yeah, yeah. And if you've never seen it, go watch them first. I mean, it references season two and a little bit of season three. That with, and I just never saw movie three. I never saw the third one. I never saw the one where he joins Cobra Kai. So when he said that, I was like, "What you did?" Yeah, I, I I remember I did see it. I don't know if I saw it in the theater. I did watch it, but I don't remember it being very memorable. Yeah. So you you can still really enjoy. It's a great show. Really well written. Real well acted. Uh, great music. I, I love that they're recycling the songs, but doing them, remixing them. It, it's just been yeah. really well done. So that was our uh, main show. That was good. I'm glad you guys, because I, I wasn't going to watch it, and I, I'm glad you guys. We, we, we bullied you into it. You did. You bullied me into it, but I'm glad you did. Which is ironic given the, the tone. Yeah. 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 Right? I, I thought it yeah. seemed like it would have yeah. been the other way around. You were the yeah. Cobra Kai of my we were, being yeah. the bully. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. That's the end of the show. You just got to man up, Connor. Nut up. <laughs> Oh, God, don't. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the end of the show. Uh, the patrons unlock the show at patreon.com slash ifanboy if you want to support. Oh, do we have an email? I we we do, email. but we're running out of really long time. Oh, it's let's a long do the email. email. Come on. I only get to do this once a month. Let's do it. All right. Well, Brian C. from Cincinnati, Ohio wrote in and said, I've been thinking about this since the end of the last decade, since by Josh's reckoning, 2021 is the beginning of the new decade, especially since the year in Roundup show. In the comments section of the episode, I asked why no one included The Good Place in the TV discussion, and Connor mentioned that he thought the series finale was one of the worst he could remember, wishing that the second to last episode had been the finale. That got me thinking, what is each of your least favorite planned season finale, not counting forced finales due to cancellation, and if applicable, is there an earlier episode of the season you wish would have been the ending? For me, The American House of Cards would be my least favorite. I wish the end of the prior season had been the end, but I understand why, due to Kevin Spacey. So he... He wishes House of Cards at the end of the season before. Do you guys have a finale that you think was terrible? You wish it had ended earlier? I can't um, think of that. You you had one of those, didn't you? Just like something just happened. Like everybody thought like How I Met Your Mother or something. Wasn't that the one that 
I don't know what I'm talking about because I didn't see it. But I, Connor, I feel like you had one that you've talked about. Well, I don't, uh, have I? I don't know. I I, don't know. I, I tend to really like finales more than I think most. I like. I love the Seinfeld finale. You know, it's very much That's maligned. Really? Much, much, yeah. much maligned, but I love the Seinfeld finale. It's very much yeah. in keeping with the characters. I see why it's genius. I don't think that I enjoyed it. I, I might go back and watch it again sometime, but that's just because it was different than the regular show and I wanted it to be the regular. Like, that's what I wanted to watch. If that makes sense? Well, I, mean, I think it was very much in keeping with the regular show. That was the the point. Was that they were assholes in it, and they've always been assholes. In no, I know that, but just like the plotting of a regular show, like them mm, okay. in their life, like like the, since so. the whole show was a show about nothing, it wasn't a, sh- a thing about nothing. It was a thing right. about everything. Right. So it was a little like remember this you wanted, you wanted a regular guy? episode as opposed to like a a, re, a yeah. capper, yeah, like a really good episode that you'd sort of go back and. This might be a good time to promote uh, another podcast I did called Finale. Mm-hmm. That you can find at finalepodcast.com where me and my wife reviewed series finales of TV shows. Well, you're, yeah, you're like the expert on this. I don't know what we're even talking about. <laughs> well, it's, well, it's funny because we, we've done you know over 20 episodes of it, and we do it when we have time and that sort of thing. And the whole premise of the show was that we would watch a, C, a series finale of a show that the other person had not watched. And then the other person would would try to decide if they want to watch it or not and that sort of thing. I've never thought about a series finale in the context of I didn't like the way it ended and I wished another episode was the finale. Like that's a very specific way of. Well, I, that's it. how I feel about the Good Place. Like I thought the yeah. second and last that's episode the show was amazing. I was talking about. Yeah, I, I, I really hated really. the finale, but. Yeah, I didn't like it either. But I, that was the only episode of the show I ever watched. So. <laughs> Okay, Twin Peaks was a forced finale. Quantum Leap was a forced finale. I'm trying to think of our seminal TV shows. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would say The Wire. The last episode was good, but the last season was a forced ending that was sh- foreshortened, and it 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 suffered for that. For it sure. suffered, but it's not as bad. Like upon rewatching no, it, it's not. It's, as bad. it's not as bad, but it isn't as good as it would have been. And sure. I'm aware of that. In fact, it's it's more like the first half of the last season is problematic, and then. They were always good at season finales, and that felt like that. But I feel like I feel like most shows I really liked had good finales. Cheers had a great finale. You know, New Heart had a great finale. Like the shows I think of that I really liked that had great finale. I think they tend to have good finale. Like you know, The Shield had a great finale. Um, There's the always controversial Sopranos finale, which I really liked. Yep. Yeah, that works. uh, That one Um, works more like as time goes on too. You're just. I will. I will say um, one of the, my favorite all-time series finales was a planned finale, not a forced one, but the Wonder Years. Mm. Tears streaming down your face. Nailed it. Nailed it. Forced one was really good. Freaks and Geeks. Yep. I mean, I think one of my all-time favorite. I like the finale more than I think I like most of the show. Is Six Feet Under. Yeah. Great finale. Well, yeah, Six, great finale. Feet, Six Feet Under is is celebrated as one of the greatest the best finales. finales yeah. yeah, it's very very good. Connor, I will say a disappointing series finale of a show we loved, which is, you know, it's it's kind of forced, kind of planned, that sort of thing, but the last episode of 24? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think that uh the last episode of Mad Men wasn't the greatest thing. Really? I just don't really remember it. You know, yoga, and I, yoga I, I remember watching it, and like it, I can understand why it all happened. I don't know. I just I don't have great feelings about it towards the end. Battlestar Galactica is another one like that. Oh, the Battlestar! The, I remember how disappointing that Battlestar finale was. I, we we I watched it with a group of people in San Francisco, and it ended, and it was just like quiet. Everyone's like, "That's it." And <laughs> well, it's, it's very cerebral. I think yeah. what's funny about the Quantum Leap finale, Ron, is that it was so forced they they spelled the character's name wrong on the title card. That was, but but it was still actually a really great finale. So I, I 
It's. Um, I, it's I will tough. say, Game of Game of Thrones. I, I, the Game of Thrones finale was dis- disappointing. I feel felt as if the the episode, the second to last episode, should have been the finale. I don't even remember. I feel like the whole last season, I kind of had checked out. Yeah. Yeah. If finales are hard, endings are hard, making TV is hard. I, but I when they're to, great, TV is very, very hard. Yeah, but when but they're great, you remember them. The, well, the, the, the Halt and Catch Fire finale is one oh, of the yeah. greats. Yeah, Most very, finales we'll leave me in, in tears in at the, some point. In the history of series finales, uh, it does not get better than New Heart. New Heart, yeah. Where, where he wakes up in, yeah. from, from the dream from his previous show, which is great. Same elsewhere. You got to give a yeah, saying elsewhere where it's in the in the globe, but the one of the the most watched series finale of all Mash. time, Mash. Yep. What about ER? Great finale. ER, good finale, very good finale. Yep. Endings are hard across the spectrum, you know, across the media spectrum. Endings are hard. I loved The Good Place when it was on. It was one of my favorite shows, but I may not have loved the finale, but as a show, it was a terrific show. I understand how hard it is to end the story. What do you think of the finale of The Good Fight? It's not over yet. Not the good fight, sorry, the good wife. Good wife. Great ending. You thought so? I thought so, yeah. The slap? Yeah, the I slap. Think the endings are so important, and it's like the hardest thing to stick. People hate the lost ending. I love the lost ending. I, <laughs> I quit. I quit five minutes in the second to last episode. I said, I'm out. I've never seen it. I don't care. Huh. That was me. That's a thing for me. It's, it's hard. Yeah, but boy, when it works, though, it's like that when it really works, that tends to be the thing I remember most about a show. I remember watching the Cheers finale. I just I remember it all. crying because I love that show so much. Uh, I, I was never a big fan of it. This is the thing where Connor was watching shows 10 years older than the rest of. Well, I mean, he was watching Cheers. I was watching 30 something. No, I know. But we talked yeah. about this. Like he got mad because I wasn't watching Dallas. And I was like, I was five. I was watching Dallas, too. Dallas was must watch TV. I remember yeah. watching that. It's not the point. He's, <laughs> You're like he's, him. He stepped out of the shower. That was mind blowing. <laughs> Finales are hard. We love them when they work. There's nothing better than a great finale if it works really well. Or you get like the Intuit Peaks and it just haunts you for 30 years and they come back and it's just disappointing. Does it mean like. You uh, you thought it was disappointing? Oh, yeah. The return? You thought the return was disappointing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, no. I, could, I could add Arrested Development to that. Like, oh come on! But you, Connor, come on! Really? Like, I enjoyed watching it every week. The experience of it. I enjoyed going on your show and talking about it. Sure. Yeah. And and the, when when Cooper finally came back, like that was great. Clearly, David Lynch was not interested in the show that I was interested in. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> there were two different shows going on. One was his show. You're, you're more of a Mark Frost. One was a Mark Frost show, and he was just. Hey, let's not talk about it right now. I, Should it, I go? Yes, please go. <laughs> Contactfanboy.com. That's where you can write us in if you want to have questions for our monthly media split show, which the patrons unlock to Patreon.com/slash/fanboy. Thanks for unlocking the show. We enjoy doing this. And we of course have our weekly pick of the week show, which Josh and I talk about weeks comics. We have our books blood show and our talks blood show, all unlocked by the patrons. Thank you. And you need to go check out Finale, clearly. And Finale, FinalePodcast.com. FinalePodcast.com. There's a good 20 or so episodes. Rattle off some of the shows you've discussed. A lot of that we talked about here. Wonder Years. uh, We did did The Deuce. We did Boardwalk Empire. We did Sopranos. We did House. You did Game of Thrones. Did you ever watch an episode of House? I never did. That was one one where I had not. Yeah. So there you go. Check those shows out. Thank you for listening. Until next month, we'll be back. My name is Connor. I'm Ron. I'm Josh. Thanks very much. Come on.